Welcome back, guys. Uh, it's been a minute for Dave and I. Uh, we've had uh, just life happening, and so it's been a little bit for us to uh, to get back together. Um, but we are continuing um, and finishing our uh, our Devil's Advocate series. Um, and so, uh, Dave, the question I'm going to pose this morning um, and to our listeners is, you know, I'm not really convinced that... Um, you know, Jesus is the only way. I'm pretty confident I'm a good person. I'm pretty confident that, uh, you know, as long as I do generally the right things, as long as I head in the right direction, you know, your God may work out for you, my God may work out for me, but hey, let's face it, we're all going to end up in heaven. It is just That's just how it is. And, you know, quite honestly, like, you know, the whole sin thing, like, you know, hey, there are certain things that I deal with that are just hard. And I think I think God's okay with that. I think he's fine. Like, he's going to forgive me, and it's it's all good, you know. Um, and quite honestly, you know, like, as long as I'm doing good things and I'm a good person, I think that good is going to outweigh that bad at the end of my, my time. Um, and I think that, you know, quite, quite honestly, like, you know, I think it's you're judgmental when you say that, you know, other people are on the wrong path. That's judgmental to me. And I quite, quite frankly, I think it's just, I think it's intolerant. And I'm so glad you brought this one up. Uh, something I've been thinking about the last couple of, uh, of days, uh, weeks, really. Um, so this month, you know, you probably see it all across the board. Remember when you were, you know, when you've been on your travel and stuff, this month was, has been Pride Month. Right, right. Um, and you know, this one, this episode, probably some people are not going to be happy with how, how we're going to address it. But hey, I think it's something that we need to need to talk about. But exactly what you just said about that is, I think there's a difference between uh, the word that you said at the end about tolerance. There's a difference between tolerance and love. Mm. Everybody's often said, especially during Pride Week, they say, well, I just need to, I need to love, everybody just needs to love everybody. Like, we need to love people. Yeah. And something that it makes me think about this really, though, is I said, there's a difference between love and tolerance. And the difference is this. Love requires, it's transactional. It requires a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and what truly does that mean? Is that it has to be mutual, it has mm-hmm. to be mutual across the board, and it's, in, it's meaning for a common unity. Whereas tolerance is is one very one sided. It's very much a I'm making a decision on I agree or I'm just gonna let it continue to go, mm-hmm. and that's just how it's gonna be. And I think we get those we get those words confused when we approach it with how we address people, um, specifically when we talk about like homosexuality or people that are dealing with sin or going through going through issues. Um, and we get caught up with this like, uh, it's, it's okay, um, yeah. And, and we put a title on it and really what we're, what we're expressing is tolerance to it. We're not expressing love. So truly loving on somebody is you have to really have a relationship with that person. 
Mm. Um, and when you have a relationship with that person, that oftentimes that's, that is what changes somebody to get out of whatever situation that, that, that they're getting when you truly love. You know, I do things for my kids out of love. You know, that's kind of an easy uh, definition or explanation. Of, like, I do things for my parents out of love because I care for them. And, and it, that, that's tangible and easy to understand. But this love, this brotherly love or this friendship love that we're trying to say, or how do you do that for, for somebody else, it's difficult to define because what we, we, we put that label on, well, just let's just love everybody. Let's just have everybody love each other is an easy out to really uh, build the relationship with somebody. Mm. And so how does that tie into what you were saying with that is that when we are, uh, when we're dealing with sin and we're dealing with what we think God wants us to, um, that we want, what God wants us to, that he's okay with it. Exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah. God's, God's okay with, with, with what I'm doing, and um, you know I'm not going to be perfect in that. Is a true relationship? Like God's not tolerant. And that's what I'm trying to explain to you guys. Like God is not necessarily tolerant. He's not tolerant. God wants a relationship with you. He wants to truly. He truly loves us. And that's something we have to understand. When He loves us and He has a relationship with us, that because of that, and it has to be mutually exclusive, right? We have to. We also have to love Him. If we love Him as well, we are not going to sin. We're not going to want to sin. Mm. We're not going to want that. And because of that, we're going to mutually work together toward a common goal to mm. to to be better and to be to. So that's the same thing with like in marriage, right? So in a marriage, when we love each other, we're mutually going towards one goal, and we're going to be unified towards that one goal. But we're separate when we when we mistake um, love as tolerance. Mm. Um, and so it's easy for for us, I think, when we when we define um, when we define this part of our you know our last episode of of this podcast is that it's easy for us to look there and go, well, God's okay with this and that. Well, we're asking for tolerance. We're not saying that. that and so we, we can get confused on that. But it's just interesting that you brought that up right at this time with um, the pride we kind of going on. Is mm-hmm. that it's the conversation or pride month. You know, it's the conversation that everybody talks about. Well, I need to look. Everybody just needs to love everybody. Well, how? It has to be. There has to be a relationship. I can't just simply look at, uh, you know, a homosexual across the board and say, yeah, you know, I love. We we got to decide that there's going to be a relationship there. Uh, so, if that makes any sense. It does. It 100% does. You know, I think part of this question has to be answered in a twofold manner. Um, we have to answer this as a believer and as a non-believer. So if you are a if you're a listener and you are a non-believer, aka you don't necessarily think there's a God, maybe you're living your own lifestyle, you know, whatever it is that that you, um, how you you you, you know process this question, um, you've got to decide whether you know 
this word of God, the truth is the truth. You hit that that has to be your first and foremost assessment. If you answer, if you come to this question as a believer in Jesus, this is different because now you have to decide whether Jesus is the Messiah, right? And that's what separates a lot a lot of the you know uh, the difference between Christianity, Mormonism, um, Jewish, you know, kind of the difference of what we believe Jesus is is he the Messiah or not? Um, and so when we come to the question of you know, do all paths lead to the same place? You've got to address whether Jesus is Lord and Savior. Because if Jesus is Lord and Savior, then he died on the cross for your sin. And therefore, he is the one and true only way to get to heaven. It says in John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It doesn't say, yeah, except for these two, three, or four over here, or if you live a really great life. It says, no, if you confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, that's what, that's what calls you. That's what the Lord writes down in his book of life. You are then saved by that. right? And then he calls us to other things such as baptism. He calls us to discipleship. He says, go into all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then he commissions, right? So you're sanctified through Jesus Christ. Right, and then you are commissioned after baptism, right? Because the baptism is the outward showing of who you are as a believer in Jesus, and then you're commissioned to go out and, and conduct your mission, right? So there's another passage in John 10 that says, it says this. It says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep." To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That means that once you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he says, listen, I'm the only way. Right? And this is, this is where we can get into the topic of the Trinity, where some, some people would, would disagree. That's for a different day. But the point is that in order to be a follower of Jesus, there aren't... There are, 10, 15, 16 different ways to get to heaven. You don't get to choose. It doesn't matter if you're a good person. It says, Jesus says, hey, listen, either confess that I am, I am the Messiah and that I saved you from, from you, or listen, bud, it's not going to go well. So that's what we have to address first, right? And I want to bring up this as, as a secondary uh, thought process here. Realize this. Satan and his demons believe that there's a God. So let that sink in for a second. Satan and his demons believe that there's a God. But they don't believe that Jesus is the one and only way. They want to have control. They want to be in they want to have dominion, right? And so understand the decisions that we make in life, right? So this comes back to the, oh, well, my sin is just whatever piece, right? It doesn't really matter. Listen, they confess that and understand that there is a God, but they choose to rebel against him. And that makes him, that makes them demonic, Satan. That makes them on the wrong quote unquote team, if you will. So when you make decisions for sin, you're acting like, the, you're on the wrong team and you act in, in pride and rebellion and all these things that's the exact same thing that satan and his demons did when they fell from heaven they acted on pride and they rebelled and so understand 
when you say, oh, you know what, God doesn't really care about my sin, yes, he does. Because you're making an active decision to go the opposite way, direction of what he's called you to. And he wants to bring you into his kingdom. He wants to bring you into his grace and his mercy. right? And when you have sin in your life, it blocks and doesn't allow the Holy Spirit to really permeate and, and soak into who you are as a human being. And so the, the goal of the Christian is to become as much like Christ and holy as humanly possible. And the, only, the best way to do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? We, know, we know through the, the, the scripture it says that the Holy Spirit is, uh, the fruits of the Spirit rather, are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you don't have these fruits evident in your life, it's one of two things. Either your true love for, for Christ isn't there and you need to rekindle that first love or you have a sin that you're choosing instead of Christ, which also is a you need to rekindle that flame. And I think that's so something that you just said there too. It's, it's so important to think about when we ask when we talk about all these other ways. Like, oh, I, I can do this and be okay. Um, I can... Um, I can look at my self-centeredness, and I can look at who I am, and get and I can get myself right. I can follow Hinduism and get right at this, and because we all are serving the same God, right? And we get so caught up, or you know, people get so caught up into that and, and thinking that, and what we what we neglect to to look at and realize is is exactly that. What are the fruits of the spirit? Mm. No other. Uh, religion or belief system can't explain to you basically the uh, that measurement tool of how, how you're supposed to live out your life and faith. Like you know, when you look at Buddhism or you look at Hinduism, you look at all these things. They say, "Well, this is what it should be like, and you should have you're gonna have this." But it's all about the me, me, me mm. feeling in the situation, mm. right? and it's. And it's a not to you know not necessarily to serve God and what God provides. It's all oh, me, 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 and, and it gets gets so caught up in this. Within Christianity, and again, what we have to look at is saying if we believe in the God of Christianity, right? If we look at this and we say if we believe the Bible is real, mm. then we have to look at it and go, okay, what's the fruit of the Spirit? And exactly what you just said is that how we is how we measure that is how are what what are those fruits that we are are permeating? Mm. You know, are we showing love to people? Are we showing um, joy? Are we ha- do we have joy? Do we have peace? Do we have self control? Because if we're living out the, the, that way, then it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna show. But like something I was just thinking, I asked you this and. Again, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about the whole this this love love requires a relationship. Yeah. Um, exercising the spirit and building that's builds towards maturity, um, and that's another you know that's another topic. But something I realized was I was I was looking at the fruits of the spirit the other day, and one of the things that I I was wrestling with was man, you know, joy, peace, um, self control, other ones. That's more just singular. It's more of I can have joy. I can have peace. Yes. Yeah. But love, 
there's all multiple times throughout the Bible where God says he's like, love is the most important thing. If you can understand love, mm. you will be it's everything. Because what? He died out of love. You know, he sent his son out of love. Love holds all things together. It says that in scripture. That's right. You know, that's I can't right. remember the scripture right off, off of hand, um, but that, that but that's but that's what it says. It's, right. that, it's like you know, love is all things. It says why did why why are the two the you know the two uh, biggest commandments that God says to us? It's like what love God and love and love others, love mm -hmm. others as ourselves, because He's saying love is so important. Because mm. why He created us out of love. He created us. That's good. To have a relationship that's because good. He desired that he, he desired that to have that mutual exclusive. He talks about it in Scripture in John, right? And you know, again, talking about the unity, uh, the, the unity of the Trinity, I think is really kind of something to think about. Which is, I created you in, my, in, we created you in our likeness. He created humans in the likeness of the Trinity, mm -hmm. which meant what? That they, he wanted, he had community within within the Trinity. He had a relationship within the Trinity of the within the Godhead of having of the Father, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He had that to where it was for. Fully unified. Well, that's what he wants and desires for us. He's like, just you know, we can go. He's like, just as I, you know, you and I are, are one, and uh, you, I, and the Spirit are one. I want them to be one with us and to be one with each other. Mm. He's he's trying to explain this whole thing about the unification of it. But I say that is because we get caught up in the, that. Uh, like you were saying, is that there's only one way. Mm -hmm. um, or that there, because uh, it does say it's like what well, it does say in scripture is like Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Jesus is love, but we have to make that decision on whether he, he is or not. Now, scripture says, says that, and there's other, you know, there's there's numerous accounts where he he shows his love. So if we don't believe that, that's where it comes down to, is is to that. Do we believe it or do we not believe mm -hmm. it? But there are all these other ways that you say, well, uh, I'm just going to continue to meditate. And if and I'm going I'm to meditate, I'm going to do the best I can to be nice to everybody and do that. And hopefully that's good enough for God. But I'm going to continue to sin and do all those things. No. Because what that, what that is, is what you're, not, what you're attaching that is that you're attaching that you don't want to have a relationship with God. Christianity requires a relationship. That's right. That's right. That's the, if, if I can say that any any clearer is that Christianity desires or it, it requires a relationship and it requires a relationship with the Godhead, with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. That's right. If we don't have that relationship, then it, then it doesn't matter. And if that's the case and it's love, then then that is that's how um, we reach we reach that. But you're not truly a Christian, and that's, I think that's one thing I'm trying to get to, is that you're not truly a Christian if you're not willing to have a relationship Amen. Yeah. with him. Because you're saying, well, I believe in God. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in the, in the Spirit? Well, yes. And if you believe in all three, you're going to have a relationship with all three, which requires that you have daily. You can't cut it off and just say, well, I'm going to just do the best I can. But that's, that's where the decision comes to, and the line in the sand comes down to yeah, no, and man, that's good. I so I want to address two things. Um, so one being, if you're in a place where 
Okay, well, I'm not interested in that. Okay, but just understand you rejected Christ. Just understand that. Because you've now heard the truth, and you're making a decision to go the other way. For those of you who may not be Christians, who may be uh, Mormon or Jewish or uh, Latter-day Saints, understand, and I'm just going to say this, that there is a part of Revelation that says, do not add or take away these words. He's talking about the Scripture. And so just understand that you're going to have to process that. And I'll just leave it at that. I want to say this. If, if you're a listener and you're listening to Dave and I and you're saying, hey, you know, actually that, that does kind of make sense. I want to share a couple other scriptures with you really quick. And this is, this is um, Exodus 25 and it says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the children for the sin of the parents, the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. And you might be hearing that and saying, wow, that's a really depressing you know, verse. My point is this. Our God is a jealous God. And when Jesus said, if you truly love me, keep my commandments. And he says, love the Lord your God with your mind, body, soul, and spirit. With all that you are. And then he says, treat your neighbor as yourself. Right? He says all these things. My point is this, that... When we truly have that relationship, like you're saying, Dave, we truly have that relationship, you're going to begin to to fall in love with the Scripture. You're going to begin to fall in love with what Jesus did for you and understand all these things, right? And then what's going to happen is you're going to spend so much time in the Scripture and it's going to soak into your mind, right? The Scripture talks about the renewing of your mind. You know, you're now going to have the the Word of God and the truth in your in your mind and your spirit and your soul. And... What you, as you begin to, to work on your prayer life and do all these things, you know, that relationship becomes strong. And just like that verse says in, in John 10, the shepherd know his name and they hear his voice. And so kind of the back half of, of what Dave and I want to talk to talk to you guys about today is as a believer in Jesus Christ, we need to have a daily moment in time carved out Dave and I call it the secret place or the hiding place, if you will. There's got to be a place where you go daily. And for Dave and I, it's, it's in the morning. There's got to be a, a daily place and time that you go to be completely alone with the Lord. And you spend time in the scripture. And you spend time in, in, in prayer and in, in meditating on his, his word, right? Verses in the Bible. And you're asking him for his guidance and his wisdom and his understanding. And understand that that is what's going to take your understanding of the scripture, your relationship with Christ, all these things to a completely different level. And that's going to, be, that's going to continue to mold and make you into the man of Christ or woman of Christ that, that the Lord wants you to be. And it is absolutely vital that we understand that without the daily bread of the Word of God in our lives, without the, the, for me it's moment to moment, but without daily prayer, you will not have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, you don't understand. There is a, there's a battle going on. Dave and I are going are gonna to talk on this really briefly here. There's a battle going on, okay? It's between 
the sin of the flesh and the carnality, which is you as a human being and, and the lust of the flesh, the, the desires of the flesh, right? And then on the other hand, other hand, there is the spiritual side of who you are that desires to be like Christ, that wants to be holy, that desires to bring honor and glory to the Father. See, there's a part of us that, that, is, that is deep within us that desires to bring him honor and glory and it gets clouded and beaten down and there's a there's a war going on between the two and if we're not asking the lord for his strength and his help in this daily battle we are going to lose to the flesh it's natural right just look all the way back to genesis right this is this is how we fell you know the desire the the desire to to you know know the knowledge of good and evil or or whatever you know we obviously weren't there exactly, but how it actually happened. And so, Dave, I want you, if if you will, please, I want you to kind of talk about what the secret place, the hiding place looks like for you. And also, like, how has it changed you over time? And also, like, if I'm brand new and I've never, I've, I don't even know what that looks like. What are some recommendations as far as, hey, you know what? I want to grow in that relationship. I want that to be me, but I don't really know where to begin. So I'm going to stop you there. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to go right into the next episode, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But to kind of close this one out, um, what I will say, though, about that, that secret place and the high places to what we often deal with, and I want to leave our listeners with this, is when we're dealing with trying to, with our sin, and we're trying to deal with uh, being a better person, we're trying to say that there's these all these ways, and we're, we're trying to find this, this way to God, right? Mm. Or we're trying to deal with our sin, we often go to places, or we revert to certain sins or certain things in order to deal with it. For some people, it's alcoholism. So for some people, it's the bottle. It's the bottom of the bottle because that's how they deal with their sin. They numb themselves. Or they, this way. For some, it's drugs. Uh, for some, it's pornography. Um, it's, it's other addictions. Right? Because that's the way that they can revert themselves back to a state where they say, this is where they feel, uh, feel good. Mm-hmm. Right? But when they do that, it's only, it's only, it's only partial. It's mm. only. It's temporary. It's only temporary, right? Um, so they kind of answer your question. Is my secret place is where I can feel that feeling of you know with some people it's like I said they deal with certain things. It's to deal with and they get that feeling, but they get that feeling all the time. Mm. Um, and that feeling all the time doesn't require me to deal with the bottle. It doesn't yeah. require me to deal with pornography. It doesn't require me to deal with drugs. Mm. Because there's, there's something, you know, you've heard people say, that, like, oh, well, you're saying that, you know, Jesus is a high and spirituality is a high. I'm not necessarily saying that. But what I am saying is that I figured out a different way to go into a different place to deal with the problems that I'm dealing with. But what that requires is, okay, so when, when somebody deals with alcoholism, right, and they're dealing with, with being, um, 
with dealing with alcohol. Like, there's going to be moments where they're going to relapse. There's going to be moments where they're going to deal with, with problems. The question is, though, and we, we talked about this well, uh, well before, is you've got to have that person, that battle buddy, that person that's going to help you, that knows where your secret place is, when you, where you deal with it. Because well, we're not saying a secret place. When, when we talk about secret place, we're not just saying that it's a, it's this holy, holy place. The secret place is how do you, where is it that you deal with your innermost mm. issues, right? And for some people, like I said, it is going to the bar and it's doing it. If you know that that's where I deal with my, my problems, sometimes you got immediately, that's where you got to be able to know where to meet me at. And mm. you got to go and, and get me and pull me out. Why do I say that? It's because what's so unique about when you look through Scripture, you look through all throughout the Gospel, what did Jesus do? Jesus and the disciples and many others, they went and met people that were dealing with sin, dealing with their issues in their secret place. He didn't He didn't say, hey, come to me. That's why he said, come to me. He does say, come to me with your sin and that, right? And come to me with your broken. But he went and met them where they were at. Zacchaeus was dealing with some issues and he walks by a tree and he walks to Zacchaeus at the tree and goes, hey, Zacchaeus, what's going on? And then he goes to his house and deals with he goes, and how many times did he, he heal somebody at the, at the well, you know, dealing with at the well? He goes and meets them because that's where he needed it. He needed to meet him. Not saying, hey, keep crawling, crawling to the pool of the set, you know, Bethesda, because, and try to get yourself in. Nope, he said, you know, I'm going to come to you because this is the desire of heart. It's mutually exclusive. There's part. So my secret place is where I meet God and where God also meets me. Right, and uh, so why why do I say this? That, but I can't truly meet him in that place if if I'm trying to fill that place with other things. If I'm putting, if I'm putting. Uh, there's no room for for God in there. There's no room for Jesus in there. If I'm if I'm putting. Uh, if I'm putting alcohol in there, and I'm putting pornography in there, and I'm putting drugs in there, and I'm putting selfishness in there, and I'm putting all these other things that how, how I deal with it, uh, I can't truly get the uh, the return that I need. But at the same time, I can't give all of myself to that. You know, it's just it's clutter, it's nasty, it's ugly, and uh, that secret place doesn't become really a secret place because I have to keep the door open. <laughs> Because it, it, it's exposed, right? Yeah. So, not to go into too, too much with that, but to understand that if you try to deal, if you're trying to deal with getting to God by doing all these other things, and not truly just getting to your secret place with God, he, my secret place might be different than yours. And that's something to really think about, is, you know, for some people's secret place, it is... Uh, Paulo said, you know, for some people's place, it is on the yoga mat. It is just, it is, it's taking time and quietness and stillness. For some people, it's the gym. For me, it's my garage. Yeah. <laughs> it's me and my garage working out. No other distraction. It's just me and God. That's what he, he's meant me at. Uh, you know, so I think so, so for you, it's kind of very similar. But that's where I've, I've, I've learned that I've been growing the most, and that's where I have my, my most conversations with God. And 
that's okay. It's not telling us that it's another way. We're not saying that it's another way. We're just saying it's that that's a secret place. That's how we meet God. Because really, what we're saying is that the only true way to God is by meeting Him and going and and, and being through Him. So, we said next episode we're going to talk about what the secret place is.